Christmas team and for for all of your music this holiday season and as we as they have uh, prepared uh, the mood this evening, will you join me as we just take a, a word of prayer before we share uh, from the Word of God tonight? Jesus, you're alive, and now as we open up your Word, uh, we must uh, find ourselves and recognize what this moment, what this evening means to each one of us. Lord, I pray that your spirit would open up our ears, you would open up our eyes to see that you are near and ready to work in our lives if we will only let you. May your word go forth this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, it is Christmas Eve. I hope... um, I hope everybody is ready. I hope there's, there's no other shopping or anything that you need to do because tomorrow's Christmas. And I was just remembering, uh, I was, as I was preparing, I was remembering a story of, uh, of a, uh, the three brothers, uh, who their mom was getting older and, and they, you know, they, they, t- they were talking to each other about what they got her for, for Christmas. They couldn't be with her this year because they're all different parts of the world. And, 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 and this younger Christian kid, his, his two bro- brothers were much richer than he was. And, and the oldest brother said, yeah, I got mom a new house. Finally figured it was time, so I bought her a whole new house. And the, the second brother said, yeah, I got, her, I got her a Mercedes. Are you serious? You got her a house and you got, you got her a Mercedes? Well, listen, here, here's what I got her. I know mom loves the Lord, and uh, she's, she's always been into the Bible, but she's getting old to where she can't read really well. So I got her this special parrot that recites the whole scripture recites all of the scripture so he can just talk to her all the time and just declare the words of the lord and so mom had wrote back a letter to everyone she wrote a letter back to all the boys and first to their oldest son she said son you got me a new house i only live in one room i don't want to walk around and clean this place so i'm not going to take your house she said to the 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 second son you got me a mercedes i don't even drive anymore i can't drive anymore so what am i going to do with this car And then to the third son, she said, son, I love you. You really know my heart. And I want to thank you so much for this generous gift. The chicken was wonderful. (laughs) Um, Tonight, we're going to continue. We're going to conclude a series that we began uh, four weeks ago. We call this, Do You See What I See? And in the past four weeks, we have had different people give the messages. We had had the the shepherd. The shepherd came in the first week. A magi came in the second week. Joseph came in the third week. And Mary came just this Sunday. But I don't know if you know, there's one person still missing that is in the nativity. The one that we know the most about. The one whose perspective we don't have to imagine, we can actually know. Do you guys know who that one person left is in the nativity that we haven't given the perspective yet? What, who is it? I, I can't really hear. I'm having a hard time hearing tonight. What, who is it? I still can't hear. I just, I just need to hear the greatest name above all names. Who is it? Jesus. Yes, the final piece of the nativity. And so each week we begin where a nativity character 
has walked in from the back room. And, and right now, in this moment, right now, here he is. I saw a couple people look back. What are you looking back for? I said, right here he is. Come on, somebody. See, we could have done the imitation. We could have somebody in a white bathrobe with long brown hair and a blue slash or, or on Christmas Eve. Or you, on this Christmas Eve, can have the real thing. Would you like to have the real thing this evening? Because the presence of God dwells within the hearts of men and women like you. Colin's just getting excited, okay? We're talking about the real thing. He is our Emmanuel, our God with us. And if you don't believe me yet, I'll give you three scriptures uh, that just share how he is nearer now than when you first believed he is within you. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? Romans 8.11 says, Don't, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because his spirit who lives in you. And finally, Ephesians 3.16 says that, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being. So church, not only, as I said, are you part of this story, (laughs) this story is within you. The presence of God dwells within you. So I don't think you get it yet, so we're just going to take just a moment. I just want you to close your eyes just for a moment. And Chris, if you can put that first verse back up there, 1 Corinthians 3.16. I want you to close your eyes for a moment and just meditate. God dwells as as a man or a woman of God who has said yes to Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. The presence of God dwells within me. Now I'm going to speak these verses over you. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. And that out of his glorious riches, may he strengthen you with power through his spirit, which is in your inner being. The power of God is within you. That says something about his creation. It says something about what he has entrusted you with. It says something about what you are called to do in such a time as this. All right, you may lift up your eyes. And so, since we have... The presence of God within us, we have a commission. There's some, so, so if we believe this is true, then there, there's, there's a word that, that, that we've kind of come up with in our, in our own um, language, our own theological language that works really well. And if you think about it, it's probably your favorite, it's probably your favorite road sign, Okay. What do you think? Nobody likes any road sign, but there's one road sign, like there's nothing that says, please go faster or anything. That would be the best road sign, right? We don't have that, but we have one that's kind of close to that. It's called the yield sign, all right? That means you don't really have to stop if you don't want to. It's up to you. 
It's up to you. Whether you think you need to stop, whether you got some space to get to that next spot, go for it, okay? And the funny thing is there's really not, I was trying to look up some of the data, there's not a lot of accidents that are caused by yield signs. But oftentimes we like, well, oftentimes if we think we got an edge, we like to beat somebody else to that spot. And the problem sometimes with the Spirit of God in our life is we are called to yield to it. Well, we like to beat God to the spot. We like to take things in our, own, in our own hands and do things with our own agendas, our own ambitions, without recognizing the power that is within us. So just three simple things tonight I want to encourage you to yield to. If you believe that God's presence lies within you, I want to encourage you first just to simply yield to devotion. That means that the spirit within you wants to connect with God the Father, wants to connect with the Son of God. That's, and and as, I, as, as I told you, as I shared many times, the one, the one part of your day that you have, the, the two parts of your day that you have the most control of is the first thing in the morning and the last thing in the evening. Allow the Spirit within you to connect with the Creator. Be a man or woman of devotion. The second thing is to yield to gratitude. You know, everybody's always got a complaint. Everybody's got, always got a story to tell of what someone said or what's going on. They've, we've all got some drama. We all find ourselves, really, can find ourselves really frustrated. But you know the second thing, which is gratitude. Gratitude can break so many bondages. See, the spirit inside of you, it wants to worship. It wants to say thank you. It wants to give back to the living God of, from what it has been given And you know that so much anxiety and so much depression in this world can be resolved with just simple gratitude. Finding grace in your life. Recognizing how the Lord has been there. And being a man or a woman of God that knows how to every day, when everybody else has got something to complain about, knows how to say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing, for what you've done in my life. And then finally, we need to learn how to yield to listening. (laughs) Everybody's got something to say. Everybody's got a opinion. And these days, everybody's got a conspiracy theory, don't they? First off, we need to be men and women that need to learn how to, to know how to listen to the voice of God in our life. And when we get good at that, we can be people that know how to listen to the people around us. And not just all the, 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 the crazy stuff they're saying, but, but pay attention to what's going on in people's lives around them. What it is they really need. What it is that, that the front that they put on, but actually all that stuff behind them, what it is that they really long for. Because then we can be people that our hands are free and we're there to heal to help, to give, to bless, not compete, not defend, and not puff ourselves up. Let us be men and women of God that can yield to the Spirit of God and learn how to listen. If we can be a people that are after God's heart, if we can be a people that are grateful, if we can be people that listen to the soul of someone, then we have some presence that we are yielded to, and therefore something that we can share, something, and as we will light candles tonight, that we 
can pass on. John 8 through 12, 8, 12 said that when Jesus, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. If, if there's ever been a time in, in our country where we are needing the light of the church more than ever it is now. And so as I shared, as we've, we've seen many different perspectives of the nativity, I want to share about 10 verses from what Jesus said, what Jesus prayed for you, what his perspective is for you, what he wants for you, that if he were here right now, one of the things he would say, because, well, this is what he said. This is what he prayed for you in John chapter uh, John chapter 17, beginning in verse 10. He's praying to the Father, and he says, All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the, in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them, and I kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that the scripture would be fulfilled. But I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in this world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. God wants Christ wants you to have the full measure of his joy within you. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by truth. Your word is truth. And as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they may true, be truly sanctified. And my prayer is not for them alone, referring to the disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. I want you to look at the person next to you and say, he's talking about you. Now the other person on the other side, he's talking about you. So before we conclude, I got one more story that I want to share. I've shared this before, but it's, it's been a while. And, you know, you don't remember all the preacher's story anyways, right? But this is not in the Bible. This is a legend. This is a biblical legend, all right? A biblical legend that there is a story that the moment after Jesus was resurrected and ascended into heaven, like we read about in the first chapter of Acts, <coughs> there was like this uproar in heaven. And all of, it was just like this crazy celebration. Jesus entered the heavens, the angels are declaring, and, and everybody's just ecstatic, and people are giving Jesus high fives. Like, you did it! You, con- you, you, you conquered death, and now all creation can know you. All creation can spend eternity with us again. And everybody is just elated and excited, and, and just, it's like the loudest you could possibly imagine heaven being, just the, the greatest celebration you could imagine. And then in the midst of, of all of this celebration, there's this one really skeptical angel in the back and kind of scratching his head. You, you know him. He's in your church, right? 
But this one really skeptical angel in the back of his head, just kind of scratching his head, and he says, hey, um, can I ask a question? He said, so, so you died upon the cross, and you rose again, so that now the Holy Spirit could dwell within the hearts of men and women on this earth, and that you could be their God, their Emmanuel. You could be there present with them on this earth, and that they would spread the good news. They would spread the joy to the world, and that others would know who you are because of them. Jesus looked back at this angel, and he said, yes, this is true. He said, then the angel said, but what if, well, what if they get, you know, really full of themselves? What if they pursue a lot of the other things that they really want to pursue in life? And what if, what if all the other people, all the people who have this power that has been given to them actually turn their back on what they were created to do and, and are deceived and choose another master? And then for a moment, there was silence in heaven. We heard, then we heard the words of Christ say, I have no other plan. I want you to look at the person next to you and say, you are the plan of God. You are the plan of God. Now, we must be reminded when we celebrate Christmas and we sing songs and we sing joy to the world and we, we declare Christ as our Emmanuel as we light these candles tonight, we have a responsibility. You are the plan of God. And this story happened. This story happened so that you could have what you have today. Let me pray for you. Lord, all across this church, as we have heard your word tonight, we are reminded that we have been given a gift from the living God. We've been giving, given the presence of God to dwell within our hearts. That what we're about to take place, this, this traditional ceremony, is a symbol of what we are called to do each and every day. We are called to continue to spread your light. We are called to be men and women that, that, that keep the flame extinguished in our own life so that we have something to pass on. We are not distracted and consumed with, with so many other things, but Lord, we're reminded and, and we're ready and willing to place you first. And all across this church, as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, always like to take a moment like this just to simply say yes to God. And as you've been listening to the message tonight, you've heard the words of the Lord say, I'm with you and I have a calling on your life. If you know that there's something the Lord is leading you to, but for whatever reason, there's been some resistance or, or, or distraction, but tonight you hear the Lord loud and clear. I just have one simple thing I want to ask you to do right now. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Just lift up your hand and say, yes, Lord, I hear you right now at this time. Yes, yes. All across this church, people are saying yes to the living God this Christmas. Lord, I thank you for those that hear your voice and Lord, for, for, there may be some tonight that may need, may need to begin a relationship with you. Lord, I pray as you've drawn them in, Lord, may 
you bear fruit in their life. And tonight would be a, a, a moment to seal, a landmark to seal. Yet the words, yes, Lord, I hear your call and I'm responding to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, if tonight you feel like the Lord is speaking to you and you feel like tonight is the night you want to begin a relationship with the Lord, don't leave this church tonight without doing that. I'd love to pray with you before you leave, okay? Now, as, as, as we conclude at this time, we're going to bring the lights down a little bit. You're going to grab your candles. We're going to make one big circle all around the church, all right? So let's, let's, go, let's, let's get in the position here, and we'll make one big circle around the church. All right, so once we, we fill in over here if we can, and then um, I'm going to go ahead and go to the middle, okay? I'll get this light started, and I'll go to the middle, okay? In just a moment, we're going to be singing Silent Night. Uh, three verses, the words are going to be on the screen for you this evening, all right? I'll remind you, this is a symbol. It's a symbol of what we are called to do each and every day.
This evening, now may you go recognizing the presence of God within you and the presence and the power that you have to pass on. Merry Christmas to all of you.